Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Today we are joined by the CEO of uh, Boxing South Africa, Mr. Tolo Feloli Jaka. And I would like to give you a brief background of where Mr. Tolofelo came from. You know, a lot of people would ask questions like, where did he come from? You know, how did he even get there? So uh, I'm going to give you a very uh, brief background so that you can get an understanding of uh, Mr. Tolofelo. Uh, Mr. Tolofelo went to Morocco High School and um, he studied at the University of Northwest, uh, the University of KwaZulu-Natal, and he worked as a CEO at the Free State Youth Commission for two years, and he worked in the South African Police Service uh, as, in the Deputy Minister's Office for about uh, one year and two months, and he moved on um, to being the chief of staff in the sports and recreation South African. Uh, he was the chief of staff over there, and he did a great job for one year, uh, for over one year actually. And then he was the chief director at the sports and recreation South Africa for a good five years. That's a really long time. And then Today, he is the Boxing South Africa CEO, and he is doing an amazing job. Good morning, Mr. Lijaka, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, morning, Taban. Without wasting much of your time today, I know you are a very, very busy man. Um, this is a very popular question. Um, Please tell us, what did you want to be when you went to college? Uh, what did I want to be when I went to college? Um, like most young people, I actually changed quite a few times. Um, there was a time when I, I actually wanted to become a medical doctor, uh, particularly during my secondary uh, school, my early secondary school days, uh, what used to be called middle school. Uh, but the irony was that I was I was wishing for that from the comfort of my parents' home and my classroom. But as soon as I started discovering the hospital environment and, and what obtains there, I, I, I noticed uh, this is not for me. Then I I'd wanted to become an engineer. So when I went to high school, um, the reason I studied the science and math was because I thought I, I would become an engineer. Later on, I fell in love with uh, being an architect. Uh, but when I went to varsity, I, I studied BSc. Uh, six months into varsity life, I noticed I, I, I don't think I'm enjoying BSc, and I changed the stream completely. So yeah, it, it is, it is, I had always wanted to become something along the science and, uh, and mathematics stream. But funny enough, I, I ended up somewhere differently because I think my passion was a little different. What was your first job after college and why did you make this choice? Uh, my first job after college was uh, in the youth development space. I, I worked in what was then called 
the youth commission so our job was basically to lobby and advocate for youth development uh, programs across different government departments private sector and civil society and the reason i landed in that space is because when i got to varsity i found myself in student in student politics and student activism uh, where i actually landed by mistake because all i had wanted from my side was that uh, I was not happy with the food at cafeteria, uh, I didn't have money, so there was financial exclusions, I stood against that, and before I knew it, uh, I was one of those in the SRC and went all the way to become a deputy president of the SRC. So uh, I think my, 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 my footprint in the student activism uh, later on grew to youth development activism, and that is why my career took off in that space of youth development. How did you get into your current field? Um, I worked for about six years in the youth development field. Uh, later on, I joined the Sport and Recreation Department uh, as the Chief Director responsible for Corporate Services. But despite the fact that I was actually in corporate services, therefore in support services. Uh, there was quite a few projects that were in the core function space, which I was responsible for. That brought me into contact with federations, uh, federation administrators, the different athletes, and part of the federations that I came into contact with was boxing, and I started doing a lot of work supporting boxing, and I understood it a bit better. Uh, the passion for boxing grew. So when an opportunity came uh, for me to join boxing full-time, I grabbed it with both hands because the passion and the love for boxing had developed uh, and my understanding was such that I was confident that I probably, given a chance, could make a difference. And, and that's, that's how I then landed in this space uh, where I am currently in the boxing sector. What would you do if you went doing your current job I think I would probably be somewhere in the creative industry. Um, if there's one thing that gives me a lot of thrill and excitement is uh, seeing ideas come to life. Uh, you know, closing your eyes, visualizing, um, and taking that idea from your mind to paper, breaking it down uh, into activities, allocating tasks, assembling a project team, and... Uh, seeing that project come to life, particularly if it is a developmental project, that, that gives me a lot of excitement and, and, and satisfaction. So I probably would be somewhere in that type of space, working uh, with program conceptualization and delivery among communities. This one is kind of interesting. Uh, does your family and friends understand what you do for a living? And do you even bother to explain to them? <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, that's the fun and beauty of working in the sport space because everybody has an opinion about sport. And in actual fact, everybody does believe they have an expert opinion about sport. So working in the boxing, uh, I get criticized all the time. I get advice all the time by my friends and my family because they too hold very strong opinions about what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, it's unlike if you were maybe working in a laboratory somewhere with chemicals and people don't really understand. But once you work in sport, you know for a fact that 
there's a thousand other coaches out there there's a thousand other administrators out there who believe they can basically do what you do and probably even do it better so my family and my friends are no exception to that they definitely do understand what i what i'm doing i know this is getting a little bit deep but uh what did you what did your parents do for a living and what impact did that have on your choice of careers my parents uh my mother was in the education space and my father in a technical space because my father was a water purification technician so he was basically working uh, in a dam that purifies and distributes water to the community of Tabanchu. My mother was a teacher in the early learning space. Uh, that, uh, they used to call them crash. I think they still do. So that, yeah, that's the background of my parents. Uh, and I think my father had a bigger influence because I loved uh, the sciences and the maths. And it was mostly because it was him who encouraged me that my son... Uh, I'd love you to become an, uh, uh, an engineer now that you say you don't want to become a doctor. So he kept encouraging me. And that's why when I went to high school, I chose to study the science and the maths. Uh, and my father used to uh, help me a lot with homeworks because he understood uh, that space. Would you care to share a situation that is occurred in your life that you feel provides an insight as to your character? Uh, a situation which occurred in my life, which I feel gave character, uh, insight to my character. I think it's uh, the whole phenomenon of being a parent. You know, when you grow up and you've got all these ideas and your youthful exuberance and ideas, but once you become a parent, it, it, it redefines your world outlook but it draws out of you uh, strength, uh, compassion, selflessness that you never thought you had. Uh, and you start seeing the world differently. Not only your own family, but each kid that you come across out in the community. The way you look at them, you see your own kid uh, uh, in them. And I think it basically just uh, repositions you quite differently from how all along you've been perceiving life and believing uh, that life is so yeah for me that has been the, the single biggest moment when i first became a parent uh, until my last uh, third child because i'm a father of three daughters so that 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 has basically uh, given a lot of insight into the character that i have uh, which i didn't know actually before i became a father Who would you regard your personal heroes and why do you hold them in such high regard? My personal heroes, um, you know, I like, I know most people, their, their heroes are uh, celebrated uh, individuals who are probably either in the showbiz space or they're doing something big somewhere. With me, my heroes are mostly the people that shaped my own upbringing and assisted me to make a transition from that state of innocence to consciousness of adulthood. Uh, take, for example, uh, there was a man called Opa Masisi. He's actually late now. Uh, may his soul rest in peace. But he was our 
he was club owner of a softball team called Commodores that we used to play for when I was uh, in my adolescence. Every day around Fort Lock, when we came to school and other uh, youngsters went and uh, did funny things, we would go to the sporting fields to train. And when Bra Opa, uh, Mr. Opa Masisi, knocked off, he would join us there, maybe around about six or so. And every day after training, there would be team talk. Now, the motto of our club was uh, discipline maketh a man. And every day, that would be his theme for team talk. You didn't uh, do enough today. Uh, you, you, discipline is about doing the most that you can while you are able to. Uh, or you came here smelling cigarette. You are starting to experiment with cigarette. It's dangerous for you, my son, because later on you're going to start stealing money to finance that habit. Uh, that is ill-discipline. And remember, we are commodores. We are disciplined because discipline maketh a man. So he drilled that into our mind in a creative, exciting and uh, a transversal way. So it would cut across everything we do. Uh, somebody that didn't come to training yesterday because he found a girlfriend and he had gone to see the girlfriend somewhere, Braupa would just have a way of picking it up. And he will talk to us about that, about girls. So for somebody like that who had his own family, his own kids, but still found time to nurture and groom a whole lot of young men in the community using softball as a platform to engage them, uh, to share words of wisdom with them all the time, and using his own resources to finance that softball team because softball can be a pretty expensive sporting code, uh, buying the bats, the foot, the, the, the balls, the, the gloves, uh, assisting us to get to competitions during tournament times. He did that out of his own pocket. So for me, it's people like those, like Praopa, who in my books are heroes. And there's an abundance of such people in every community. But we hardly take time to look back and reflect on such people and the role they have in keeping communities together and celebrate them. So for me, uh, if I were to talk about a hero in my life, it's anybody that embodies those characteristics which I depict uh, around the life of Praopa Masis. What is a passion of yours that you really share with people at work and why not? What is a passion of yours that you really share with people at work and why not? I think it's my, my, my passion for politics because, you know, I enjoy political discussions, political theory, um, but I'm very selective about who I would open up and, and have such conversations with. Um, because sometimes politics can also become a source of division, particularly when you are in the company of people that are not really matured in their handling of politics and, and they are quick to... To, 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 to label, to pigeonhole people based on their political identity and beliefs. So uh, out of a caution of uh, not risking that, I typically never engage in politics at work. But in my private space, when I'm with my friends, 
uh, in a secured space. That, that's the type of conversation that we have, and we have a lot. I just never do that at work. This is a little bit personal, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Uh, what keeps you awake at night? I think it's mostly um, legacy issues. You know, like any accounting officer, if you get given a responsibility to lead an organization like I have, the worst that can happen is at the end of your term or your tenure to hand over an organization that is at the worst state than you found it. So every time when I get an opportunity, what I think about is what are the weaknesses in uh, the organization, in my own, own, own contribution towards the organization, and how can we make it better? Where are the you know, post op opportunities for growth and all that? That's what I think about a lot. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I just close my eyes in the middle of the night and try to visualize and ask myself, okay, in the past two weeks, in the past three weeks, what have we done? And out of what we did, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What can we correct given uh, another chance? So that, that, that's what I do uh, think about a lot, uh, that the, the legacy uh, and how I will be remembered by the boxing community when I'm gone. What was a turning point in your life and how did it affect you? A turning point uh, in my life, um, when I was in Standard 9, uh, which is now called Grade 11, my English teacher, Mr. Fori, um, because we like to debate, he identified myself and a few, maybe six other boys in my classroom uh, who were your typical pride sparks in the classroom. And he gave us a book to read. That book is called The Chariots of the Gods. Uh, it's written by, uh, I think he's a German archaeologist uh, called Eric von Dunnigan. Chariots of the Gods by Eric von Dunnigan. I read that book and trust me, between the first and the last page of that book, when I got to the last page, it had redefined everything about how I viewed life, how I viewed the world, how I viewed the universe, and my beliefs in faith, in religion, my comprehension of the Bible, uh, why and how... <laughs> I will I will leave that to you. But if if anybody that goes through that book, uh, it 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 is just that it has that type of power. And and remember, I read that book, and from there it referred me to the next and the next and the next. And for more than a decade or two, I I was just in the wilderness in terms of my faith. It took me a long time to come back and reconnect with how I viewed faith, how I viewed the Bible before I read that book. So it is that type of a book, The Chariots of the Gods by Eric von Dunnigan. I think that that is what marked a turning point in my life way back then when I was still in high school. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you very much uh, for your time. And I have one last question. Um, what advice do you have for your former boss and the entire nation? Um, you know, I live by a simple theory. Learn the complex, master the simple. So, as far as I'm concerned, our job is to simplify all these many complex things that we have learned so that we can connect with as many people as possible. We can be understood as easily as possible. So that's what I, that's what I, 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 I believe. And not only mastery of the simple for communication and understanding purposes, but also living simple. If it takes you 10 rands to survive in a day, just stay simple. Spend 10 rands. You don't need to spend 40 rands or 70 rands just because you have more. Because if you live simple, uh, you're probably leaving something else to share with others. But if you, just because you can be complicated, you decide to... Comp just because you understand the complex, you decide to complicate yourself, then you don't get to be understood. Just because you have more, then you want to consume more. Then you've got very little to share with the rest. Just, you know, just because you can do more, then you decide to do excessively. Uh, then you've got very little energy remaining to do the rest. So that's, that's what I, I live uh, uh, by, like a creed that I live by. You know, learn the complex, but master the simple. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, that was Mr. Tsolofi Lodi Jaka, the current CEO of Boxing South Africa. He is doing an amazing job um, in Boxing South Africa, and he is quite an inspiration to the youth of South Africa. We, we, we always pray and hope that um, we have people like Mr. Lijaka holding um, the high offices in this country. We thank you very much and thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned um, for the next episode of Live Talk with Tabang. Uh, same time, same place next week. I love you and goodbye.